Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, January the 25th, 2018. We have survived yet another seven days. And in the current global environment, that's not bad. That's not bad. You take life seven days at a time, at least here in Canada. In other places, it might be, you know, five minutes. But here we have a little, we're, we're a little bit better off. We got seven days at a time. We're going to get a little more extended, you know, unless there's like a maple syrup shortage or, you know, all of a sudden Quebec stops producing cheese curds. Shit's, shit's okay here. Other places, maybe not so lucky. Gentlemen, how are you two doing today? Too bad. Not too bad. Um, how many, how many days is seven days in America? Like how many, is that like the same in Canada or a different time zone? Uh, I think you can adjust. What is my f- freaking hair doing today you know what fuck it we're going jerry curl wait for it come on <laughs> get rid of that uh, uh, no yeah, i'm keeping it i gotta put that shit away i got i gotta see that shit no not for like three hours oh my god i don't know why it's doing that that's pretty funny uh yeah oh hell if i know maybe it's in like newfoundland time it's a half hour off everyone else just to spite you Ah, fair enough. I don't know. Hard to say. I actually <laughs> made it this week. Yes. Well, I mean, last week we, we survived. It was a nice, concise pog. Jeff, are you drinking the devil's juice? I am. <sighs> you guys were done before like even 10 o'clock. I know. It was it was quick. It was snappy. It was nice. Maybe we'll be able to somehow make that happen two weeks in a row. Uh, it was maybe a little short. It was maybe a little, like, if we could have added maybe 15 more minutes, but there was only so much to talk about last week. So I think we did very well. I was happy with it. Yeah, there was uh, literally an explosion outside of my building last week where I work, so things were a little mm. chaotic. All right, Mr. Maximus Black. Yeah. Since you're on the juice, I've got, I've got, got a request for you. Hit me up with the sound of standing in line at an A&W and all of a sudden somebody uh-huh. sucker punches you. Hey, can I get a mama? The fuck? Mama burger with no pickles. <laughs> Look, if you if you go to A and W and you order a mama burger, that's why you got sucker punched. You've just of all the burgers on that menu, you never got no, mama burger. I fucks with the mama burger. I get um, I just get two mama burgers and an onion rings. Oh no, me, I'm a, I'm a double team burger. You guys talking about? It's just a burger joint. A and W. You have A and W in the states. We've got. You mean like the root beer company? Yeah. It's, that one. They have food places. Yep. I'm. I'm actually trying to get a read on you right now, panic, no, because I, if you're telling me that A and W doesn't have food establishments in the states, then my whole life has been a lie. Not in the Northeast. Definitely not. What? That's weird. I don't think I've ever seen an A and W in like the Northeast, at least. That's crazy. I'm I'm gonna Google this now. You just changed my life, bro. A and W is actually not bad here. It's uh, the the food's pretty good. You know, on the grand scheme of like the McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's scale, whatever. A and W for me ranks relatively high, and they've gotten better. Like they just keep they kind of keep crawling, creeping up. And Burger King up here, I think, is looked down upon a lot more than it is in the States. Yeah, Yeah, it is no bueno. Okay, so um, I just did a lookup of all the A&Ws near me. 
Um, one is about three hours away, and <laughs> the other is about five hours away. Well, you know what you're doing after this podcast now. <laughs> Going for a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get in the car, go for a little rip, and uh, enjoy the road trip. No, it's the you know they're they're not bad, really. In all honesty, they're they're pretty good, and uh, at least up here, I, I don't I don't know I don't know what it would be like in the states. Uh, my, everything is skewed for me because the few trips that I went down to the States when we were still doing stuff for lag TV, every establishment that I went to that was mere, had like a, had, had, a, you know, the same thing in Canada, everything was uh, oddly worse in the States for some reason, whether the vegetables tasted like literally nothing, like everywhere I went, vegetables just tasted like air. There was no, there was no. It was like I was just I was just licking the inside of a plastic container. Like it was a very odd sensation uh, that I couldn't get over. Um, at least, and this is a fast food joint. So I'm sure there are restaurants that do it a damn slight better. But but up here, even up here, if I go to a subway, the tomatoes taste like tomatoes. I don't I don't feel like I'm I'm eating some nondescript, uh, genetically enhanced, uh you know, beetle larvae. I have no idea what the fuck it would taste like in this case was bad. Anyway. Adam seems like the kind of guy who'd be all over that organic gluten-free meat. Organic gluten-free meat. <laughs> Adam's like, sign me up. As long, yes, yeah. Well, a, a gluten-free. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. I don't want to pay that much money for, for my meat. KFC bought out A&W, so now you can only find them in combo joints. Weird. Weird. I don't think that's the case here anyway. We still have some standalone A&Ws here to my recollection. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Food. Who eats it, really? Uh, you know, it's just the way it is. We have lots of stuff to talk about this week, and by that I mean enough stuff that I just filled five minutes talking about A&W. So strap you yourselves did. in. <laughs> <laughs> So strap yourselves in for some of that action. Uh, what have you, have you guys been playing anything this week? That's, uh, that's I know Jeff has been playing Kingdom Hearts 2.565 square root of pi midnight dance club edition. Mm. And uh, I, I played Sonic 06 with Brian yesterday. Don't play Sonic 06. It's ever. bad. <laughs> it looks really bad. It's questionable as to whether you should even watch it. Uh, it's, it's pretty rough, but how's Kingdom Hearts? Uh, it's good. It's a, it's a fun game. Um, too many cutscenes, and I'm usually one for cutscenes, but, uh, they're quite lengthy and they're just every second door you go through or every oh, screen, it's, there's a cutscene. Fortunately, 98% of the game is, uh, voice acted, which is nice. Very, very little bit of it that you actually have to do the reading. So that's always good. And the voice actors are good, and the music is great, so it does carry along. But it it's, I think I'm like 17 or 18 hours in, and I would say at least eight hours of it is cutscenes. Oh wow! Yeah. So we're talking yeah. like Metal Gear Solid levels of oh, of, it's of more. Cutscenes. It's more. Really? Yeah, it's definitely. Oh, it's definitely more. Thank you for reminding me that I don't want to play Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a fun game. Um, it it the. the even the old one holds out, but the uh, the remix ones they're they're pretty good. So I'm I'm at I'm in the last world right now. I'm gonna finish it tomorrow. I was gonna finish it tonight, but I'd played for like five hours and I got to his really tough boss and I was like, all right, I'm gonna literally break something if I do this for an hour. 
so I just shut her down. <laughs> I was uh, I, I was watching bits and pieces while I was doing some of the work, and uh, I you were in the Aladdin zone or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, I heard the genie, and I went, you know, there are some things that I could remove myself and be okay with the fact that that it's not the original voice actor that genie nope <laughs> you're like nope peace. nope like you can even hear that the, that he was trying to like yeah mimic, he's trying to sound like rob like williams really see how he's trying he was yeah he wasn't even trying to sound like the genie he was trying to sound like rob williams who was trying to sound like the genie it was like this really weird uh mishmash but they did get they did they did lock down um What's his face? The bird. Very. Uh, oh, same dude. Same yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. uh, um. Uh. Gil. Uh. Godfrey. Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. It's, Gilbert Godfrey. He, yeah. he voice acted. The, yeah. Yeah. The, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So he yeah, got. So. He got. He. They got. They got him, which was because really, who's probably going to mimic? Who's going to mimic Gilbert Godfrey? You would have to probably hire Gilbert Gottfried to do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't. And I don't, he's probably open for commissions, so <laughs> I don't good. think he's a very busy individual no. uh, at this time. Uh, did you guys ever see that there was like this big thing about whether Gilbert was actually that was what he sounds like, or if he's been putting on a voice his entire career? Did you see that was like the big conspiracy thing? Dude, no. it's like, like there was like this phone conversation that that gets brought up where it's supposedly Gilbert talking about like one of his agents or something, and it's a perfectly normal voice, but yet it kind of still sounds like it could be Gilbert, like if you listen close enough. And there was like this big, this big thing, obviously, because his voice is so is so easily distinguishable. It's like one of the most unique voices on the planet, and so everyone was freaking out for one. By everyone, I mean like five people on the internet. For for uh, at least a couple of years, trying to sort out is Gilbert Gottfried fucking with all of us. And I you know would what? Not be surprised. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't even be mad if you could somehow <laughs> fool the world for that long that that was your voice. All the power to you. Congratulations. Shout outs to Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, keep reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, his voice. His he's been doing it so long now that he probably pulled an Adam where. You put on the voice long enough, it just becomes the voice, right? So now he doesn't I, even know how to talk normally. Like if I get hypnotized, it's I just go back normal. to sounding like Mickey Mouse. Is that what you're That's saying? Right. Like just yeah, pretty much. <laughs> put me to sleep in the chair, and all of a sudden, like, hey guys, hi, hi, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, in actual video game news, so this week was a little. Wow, you're skipping it. What I'm playing? I see how it is. You are playing. You know what you're playing. Try not to watch porn while your wrist is tied up. That's what you're playing. No, I've been playing freaking They Are Billions. Oh, you have the and dexterity to play They Are Billions? Dude, I don't need my I don't need my wrist to play games with my mouse. I just set the DPI really high and can do them with my fingers. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. So how is how is it? Because Jeff was talking about uh about it last week. Yeah, um it it's kicking my ass. Um, like everyone I, else's, that's good. Yeah, I, I beat the first map once and I haven't been able to beat it again. Mm-hmm. So we're working on that. Um, I've also been playing um, Battlefleet Gothic. It's a Warhammer RTS, um, which is—is is actually... this a video game or a board yeah, game? It, no, it's a, it's a it's a it's a PC game. It's on Steam. It's actually oh, okay. surprisingly good. It kind of went under the radar, but they announced that they're doing the second one. So I'm like, I'm gonna actually pick this up and finish it again. So been playing that. It's actually a lot of fun. It's like a spaceship RTS. 
So is it just like a video game version of like the the, yeah, so the Star yeah, Wars the, board game that exists kind of um, thing? The so they have, all, they, ha- they, you know, they have a full on like Warhammer like tabletop game, but they mm. converted this surprisingly well okay. to like a full on like RTS with like you, you pretty much have fleets of point values and then you go into like the RTS match and it plays like any other RTS. Like you wouldn't even know that this is like based on a board game. Like you can do oh. all the controls and stuff. You can upgrade the ships and the units. Okay. It doesn't like feel like a tabletop or turn-based game or anything, which plays really smoothly. Is this so surprised. new? Battlefleet Gothic came out a couple of years ago, but literally yesterday they announced that they're doing the sequel and they came out and said, hey, this time around we're getting all 12 like tabletop factions that are going to be in the game fully rendered. Like they're like, they're going ham on it. Huh. Because I, so. I don't recall ever hearing about this game, so... It got pretty good reviews. Okay, well, there you go. It just kind of flew under the radar. I was surprised. Yeah, well, hopefully they spend more money on marketing this time around. <laughs> yeah. They're going to put all that effort into it. Uh, might yeah. not be a bad idea. Um, speaking of marketing, Anthem. <laughs> uh, that's a game that most people would have known about by now, given the fact that uh, it pretty much, I would say... If it didn't steal E3 last year, it was awfully close. Uh, just based on how good it looked. I don't think anyone actually thought all that hard about the gameplay behind it all, but it just looked so damn good that uh, that everyone was talking about it for quite some time afterwards. Of course, if you don't know somehow about Anthem, uh, think Destiny, but done by EA, and, um, well, that's pretty much it. You, you've, you've got it. You now have what Anthem is kind of... Uh, ramping up to be. It just got recently delayed, not by a huge amount of time, but it's a little pushback. And Bioware in general is is kind of in an odd spot right now because it's also messed around a bit with its Dragon Age uh, timetable as well. So do you know more about that panic, like the Dragon Age side of yeah, things? Yeah, I was actually reading all into it. Um, apparently... Um Originally, when they announced that Anthem was coming out and the whole thing around it, the creative director for Bioware was like, or sorry, creative director for Dragon Age was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm working fully on Dragon Age and I'm not actually working on Anthem because people were asking them questions. And then, like, maybe it was like, I think two or three months ago, he came out on Twitter and said now he's on the Anthem team. And everyone was like, wait, what? Like, how are you going to do Dragon Age work while you're the creative director for anything. He's like, I'm doing it for both, which kind of raised eyebrows at the time. Um, now it looks like for the Dragon Age side of things, um, EA has concerns about how they're going to add live events and make it more as like a games of a service type of game. So they're kind of like slowing down the pre-production on Dragon Age and they're pretty much putting all hands on Anthem, especially after what happened to Mass Effect Andromeda. Which I'm actually kind of surprised at. Yeah, I'm. Well, I I don't know. It's like, it's like all Bioware studios are like working on this, and everyone's kind of just got like I have a couple of friends at Bioware, and the mentality is like, yeah, if we screw this up, it's not going to be good for Bioware, and like there will be huge changes. Well, I mean, think about it. Look what they did to Mass Effect. Okay, which was I mean, Bioware only has a small stable of titles that they're working yeah. with, and then. They have more stables than most studios, though. Yeah, but they give. Yeah, but you know, we're we're not talking necessarily about games that sell so many copies for the budget in which it requires to, to make these games. That you know, they're they're not like Blizzard where they make a game 
and then that thing pulls in money for 15 straight years, it's... They don't have much tail end revenue. There's, there's nothing. You, you release it, and either the game is incredible, and even when it's really good, I mean, the market for some of these games, like Dragon Age, isn't exactly a massive... <clears throat> You know, it doesn't apply to a massive segment of the market. I mean, it's not something that Jeff's going to run out and play. Uh, or, or, honestly, the vast majority of people in the gaming market right now are not going to go and play Dragon Age. It could get tens, and it probably will get tens when it comes, and it's not going to make that much of a difference. The people who like Dragon Age are going to play it, and that's it. When they take when they take Mass Effect, hand it to the B team, cripple them with the Frostbite engine debacle bullshit, and then have that I whole saga play it. up about the whole frostbite thing and i'm just like you literally like tied these guys into a dark room and then took away everyone and then like finish it <laughs> and i'm yeah. like i'm surprised the game came out as well as it did and and spent a lot of money oh yeah to develop a game that didn't sell well because it was shit and now here we are we have two more games in the pipeline that uh, investors <sighs> investors I'm gonna, are i'm going to argue with you and say andromeda was not shit it just had problems. It, I, I actually enjoy the game, but everything that I read about what happened to it, I, I could see in the game. But I was like, had they been given the proper time to finish the game, like give it the other extra three or four months that Bioware had asked, the game would have been fine. No one would have noticed, and it would have been pretty good. Sure, but they didn't, and so I'm going to call it yeah. shit. <laughs> they didn't get that time. We're not living in that timeline. We're in a, we're in this universe and not another one. So mm-hmm. I mean, for, and especially when you're when you're talking about a Mass Effect game, this isn't like some some you know run of the mill. This is this is like the Mass Effect is one of the games that you would consider the show in in its genre at the very least. And so pretty rough. Doesn't sell well, which is perhaps the most important metric. Whether or not it was a good or bad game doesn't really matter. It didn't sell well. Now they have two more games in the pipeline to um, to try and, and woo their investors and their uh, current stakeholders and shareholders. And they're both massive titles, one of which has far more revenue-generating capabilities than the other. If you if you look at Anthem and you look at Dragon Age and you have to think to yourself, why would they pull everyone off of Dragon Age to work on Anthem? <laughs> then you're missing the point, I think, because at the end of the day, Bioware probably needs something that's going to make them some serious fucking money. Anthem is that game. Dragon Age is not going to make them oh no any money. Anthem It'll is make them money, but it. just not nearly as much as Anthem. Um, exactly. My my big concern with Anthem. And especially after Battlefront, and then also seeing the massive reassignment, it gives me some pretty big concerns. Especially um, if you think about it, they're they're way out of pre-production phase, so now they're onboarding a lot of people who don't necessarily know all the pre-production tools that they built, like during a vertical slice um, for Anthem. So what I suspect happened was Anthem was full on in this um, games as a service mentality, which is what it looked like. Um, with Bioware being kind of dodgy on the whole, st- like how deep the story is in it. Um, and with that, I feel like, especially after Battlefront kind of exploded with the monetization, they kind of have to, they probably had to go in and review a lot of what they were doing with Anthem. Because a lot of the Anthem stuff went silent, especially after the Battlefront stuff. So I think they're doing like a lot of rework. I, I suspect there was a lot of ways to kind of separate people from their money built into that game that they're now having to reevaluate and look at. Oh, I'm I mean, I think I think and 
I remember when Jeff and I talked about this on the podcast back, oh, this was a couple months ago now, or three months ago. You probably remember, Jeff, when we talked about when, um, I think it was, I think it was Bungie, or no, was it, no, it wasn't Bungie, oh, what game was it? And they were, uh, it was a system to pair up people with like the marquee players and shit. Remember that? Oh yeah, so no, that, we uh, talked about that. That was yeah, the Activision thing that, that they was, did the patent. Yeah. They patented so that system, but they never I used suspect it. that's what Anthem is going to be. That's going to be, they're, they're, you're not, they're not going to fuck with the loot box thing. They're, they'll, they'll be there, but they're not going to, they're not going to be trying to, to, I don't think mold the current loot box scenario world into whatever Anthem can be. I think we're going to be seeing more of of that kind of subvert. I think trying to figure out covert, how to do that better, so it's not as blatant in Anthem. Yeah, other all the verts to try and make it happen uh, where people don't see it uh, and and do that. I just think that they. I don't think it has anything to do with that necessarily. It, it, to a degree, I think it might. It's more, they need to add more stuff to. I, th- I just think it's Anthem comes out next year, guys. We need to get everyone on this shit because it's huge. The expectations are enormous. They're and also if, seeing how Destiny is screwing up with oh, the fan base. Oh, and everyone's sure. like, not enough content. Everything's still like, you know what, guys? We probably need to build more stuff than we thought we did. Oh, 100%. 100%. Jeff, are you still interested in what Anthem brings or are you kind of like over the, the Destiny model? Mm, I'll probably try it out. I'll pl- play a beta or something, see how I like it. If it feels like Destiny, I probably won't buy it. But, um, yeah, I think it being delayed, I, th- I think you guys are probably putting too much thought into this. It's It happens all the time. Games get delayed. Movies get delayed. Um, I just, th- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think, I mean, I just, yeah, th- I just I, I think it's, they need to get that shit done and they're putting everyone on it. This is yeah. just, I mean, yeah, I, like I think, I think at this people point. People are putting like that hard cap of like, um, March, 2019 is cause that's when EA's fiscal year ends. So a lot of people well, yeah, of are saying they're, they're going to like. That's the latest they can push it. Yeah, it'll be out when it's out, and it'll sell well. And whether it's mediocre or good, it'll sell well, and that'll be the show. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, I, I could agree with that because it has, despite the fact that people know very little about it outside the fact that it's kind of, what I imagine some people are kind of hoping secretly is, is, the, is the, uh, the destiny killer, so to, spe- <laughs> so to speak, because Destiny 2 hasn't been doing all that hot as of recently, and so I think there's probably a fair chunk of Destiny people that are looking at Anthem going, you know what? Maybe this is going to be what we wanted Destiny 2 to be. Um, And uh, with that, I think it's probably going to sell well just because of sheer curiosity. People are going to look at it and be like, you know, I just want to know what the hell this game is about, and they're probably going to buy it for that because they have no reason not to uh, not to try it out. There's not like they, it's not like there was an Anthem 1 that's already come out that was shit. Now it's, now it's, you know, here's this new fancy version of, of destiny to make a good impression. And yeah. And, and, uh, we'll see how it, how it plays out. Um, I think EA kind of got the kick in their pants when they realized they rushed battlefront Two they rushed mass effect Andromeda and that approach isn't really working all that well. Yeah. I'm still waiting for FIFA's card system to fold out from underneath them and then rip (laughs) game over MLB. So panic has this in the list. I added this in. Just a small thing that I found kind of interesting. I didn't see it pop up in my newsfeed. Developing its own baseball game after 2K flops out. So, uh, 
panic. Are you saying like from whatever you got, wherever you got this? So MLB is literally themselves taking like they must be finding somebody else. They're not going to make their own game studio. It is owned and run by Major League Baseball in house, managed by their Major League Baseball digital media wing. What? They have actual developers in making their game. And they hired a team of about 50 people. Holy shit. I was that <laughs> exactly when I read that, I was like, what? Well, then. Um, so what ended up happening, I actually read up, read up on this because like I was literally sitting at work. I'm like, it's kind of crazy because this is actually the first major sports franchise like thing to decide that they're going to physically develop the games themselves instead of licensing it out. That, I'm I, I well okay well then immediately I'm interested because now I'm about to witness a major sporting <laughs> league publishing their own video game. I don't even know how like I'm I'm trying to process how this video so, game is going to turn out. I mean, is it going to be fucking good? Is it so going they, to be absolute trash tier? What the fuck is going to come out so of it? they're not targeting. They're not target. So what ended up happening was way back when you know how many major league baseball games there were like tons several of them. Yeah, and then what ended up happening was Take Two was like, I am gonna, I'm gonna monopolize this market, and they got the contract from MLB for like some ridiculous amount to make all the games, for except for um, the one that Sony had the license to. So EA got blocked out. So a lot of those games just like franchises just ended, like Acclaim, Midway, and all those. Yeah, 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 they, all, they yeah. went out of business. Yeah, yeah. But then you had like EA and a couple others still in there. Take Two kind of sw- swooped in. And they did their whole like 2K baseball thing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they didn't realize that they sucked at making baseball games and they weren't that good. Um, and by the end of the seven year contract, Take Two was losing 30 to 40 million dollars a year on that contract because <laughs> they had to put the games out. Oh, that's um, awful. So, kind of at the end <laughs> of it, Take Two kind of was just like, and they kind of didn't take on the huge rights to it. And they did 2K16 or something, and that was the show for them. They didn't do much more baseball after that. Um, And that left MLB sitting there being like, we have no baseball game on Xbox. And they're like, we can't really do that. Because Sony had, you know, MLB the show. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good high-end simulation baseball game. And they're like, we don't have any way to do that, and we can't really go out to any of these other studios that's going to try to make a baseball game at that level. So they went back and they they went they dug deep and they had an old franchise that like Atari had made called Art um I think it was Atari called RBI Baseball. Oh which was, boy. Um, <laughs> and they looked at it and it was actually like and they talked to they did like focus groups and everything and everyone who remembered RBI Baseball had really fond memories of it and they loved the game. They said it wasn't like a hardcore baseball game, but it was fun that people and casual people could get into. So they said they pretty much decided we're going to remake RBI baseball. Um, and MLB's actually done it twice. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, just And they did poorly. <laughs> they did poorly. And now apparently they like scaled up and they're trying to make a, you know, more casual baseball game. It looked interesting. Okay. And they so they have a so, whole team behind it. Okay. So, so Jeff, Jeff, I'm curious. Now. You used to play a lot of baseball games when we were growing up. You were pretty, you were pretty hardcore into some baseball titles because you were, you love, you, you like playing baseball. You played baseball. So you haven't played baseball games in my, to my knowledge in a very long time. <clears throat> what are your, th- no. what are your thoughts on MLB making their own, <laughs> their own video game? 
Um, I mean, what engine are they using? Do we, do we know any of this stuff? Like, uh, I have to imu- imagine it's like it's like Unreal or Lumberyard or yeah, they're not targeting high end, so they're pro- they're not building their own shit. They're Unity. Going yeah, it just I don't know, man. <laughs> I just I'm just, just saying they, they Unity, got, Unity they, and thinking sports and Unity in the same. They got they got fifty people, and from some of some what I read, they have people from a bunch of different studios that have done pretty good games. So I'm I'm curious. There is not a lot of information on RBI Baseball 18, but RBI Baseball 17 was actually relatively well received, if I remember correctly. Um, it wasn't huge. It wasn't like a you know showstopper or anything, but it was actually pretty. I decent. think I think either it's gonna suck. Mad dick to the point of no Ma- return. You might say or, major league dick. Yeah. Major league or dick. <laughs> it is going to be a serviceable baseball game, but it will be like a cult favorite because it doesn't do a lot of the bullshit that the big but studios this is the do. Thing. This is the like, thing, though. Major league baseball doesn't usually do shitty stuff. Like they've actually built some pretty cool technology themselves. Like um, they have, they built their own streaming technology, which I think Disney bought and is actually using like MLB doesn't like fuck around with certain things. So I'd be surprised if RBI baseball was like a shit show. Well, I have you, to. Never, you never, I, I've listened. I mean, you never this know is the first time you never know. In many years that I've actually been interested to see what a baseball <laughs> yeah, game is going to turn yeah. out to be. All right, I'm going to toss this out here, though, Jeff. What if they brought back Bad News Baseball from the Nest and did a <laughs> new I, age Bad News Baseball? Then I buy it. Then I buy the shit out of it. I'd probably I, play it for a day and never put it, never play it again, but it'll be worth. Oh, my God. I would, I would, I would be down for a new arcade baseball game that was built around bad news baseball and like I think that would be pretty pretty fun cuz I think like a lot of sports titles for me I used to play a lot of hockey and football games I even played FIFA back in the day uh baseball games with Jeff um they've gotten way too convoluted for me like shit got way too serious at some point where um they were trying to push a little too far into the simulation. I just want to have some fun ass arcade sports games again that I can, uh, you know, do the franchise mode, do a season, whatever, play co-op with a friend, go through season, maybe make a character and take him into the season. Nothing like crazy, but now it's gotten, it's gotten out of hand and nuts. So maybe, maybe MLB has the answer to our Baseball game woes. <laughs> We're gonna find out eventually. Does it have like a even a window in which they're shooting for here? Or um, they recently just announced the uh, announced release date. Let me see if I can grab. Is that. this for RBI? Are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. It comes out in uh, March. Yeah, March. This March. Yeah. This March. In like two months. Well, we're going to have our answer a lot sooner than I thought. I thought I thought uh, that was like a year no, away I'm or something. Uh, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at screenshots, man. This the shit screen- actually looks pretty good. I think the screenshots look like a pile of donkey asshole. That's what I think. It looks <laughs> yeah, like hold on. a I bunch need to of dingleberries. Look. I need to look at this now. All right. Uh, it looks is that like Ken straight Griffey up. Jr. on the... No, it's not. If, they're st- if they were still using Ken you after can go all to their time, Facebook. You can go to their Facebook page. They have a Facebook page. All right, they have a franchise mode. Okay. 
I mean, the screenshots look fine, but the in-game looks like Xbox 360 shit. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. They're not they're not selling this for 60 bucks. They're selling this for 30. Yeah. That's so weird. Anyway. Yeah, yeah no, anyway. I see what you I see what you mean. It does it does kind of look like wait, wait, hold on now. There's a random Oh, it looks like it's also coming out for the Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they they're hitting they're hitting all the major platforms and stuff. Interesting. Well, maybe it isn't graphically impressive, but maybe it just does maybe it'll be fine. the core game exactly. You know, properly. You know, we'll we'll wait and we'll wait and see. Um, right, this weekend, pretty big weekend uh, for fans of Monster Hunter and Dragon Ball Z. Oh my god! Uh, massive so weekend, ready. massive weekend. Uh, buddy of mine, Sammy, probably not going to sleep for five straight days playing Monster Hunter. Wouldn't shock me. His recently, or his, his 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 just recently made wife, just married not that long ago, uh, only got to spend about, I'd say, a month of married life before Sammy caught wind of the release date for Monster Hunter World, and it was all downhill from there, and then the beta streamed it for like three straight days, 36, 30, what was the stream? It was like 36 hours long. Some crazy... Street hooked on phonics, so he's probably already dead right now. There's a good chance. Uh, and then Dragon Ball Fighters. Apparently on Twitter they have confirmed it is Fighters, not is Fighter fighters. Z, not Fighter Z, not anything else. It's Fighters. Um, you know, because you have to be edgy and and make the S a Z uh, for for that title. So I watched uh, I watched a bit of Fighters today. I was watching. Uh, actually, uh, another community member, Ao, sent me a link. Leffen, who people would know from the Smash community, uh, was playing it, testing it out, seeing how uh, how it all ran down, and uh, it looks good. I don't know what else to say about it. I, I'm not a big fighting guy, uh, but from the perspective of somebody that if they played it, it is more newbie friendly than most fighting games, at least to get into it. Uh, it does look uh, relatively accessible. It looks good. It uh, they've managed to, from what I can tell, find a great way of of combining the cutsceney looking moments in the fight without it turning into a giant cutscene mid battle. It just kind of flows really well, and it doesn't seem like it's going to get in the way Arc uh, of anything. Arc is god tier at doing that. Like that's their bread and yeah. butter. They've been doing it in Guilty Gear forever. Yeah. So. That'd be pretty sick. So yeah, it looks to me looks looks good, like real good. I bet you watching people who are really good at fighting games play that game is going to be pretty dope. <laughs> I bet you it's going to look pretty crazy. It's I, I kind of like it's like if you if you like watching um, Marvel, Marvel versus Capcom, batshit crazy. Uh, you can barely keep up with whatever's going on on the screen because there's so many effects. But it's entertaining because there are so many effects. It's just shit is happening constantly. Dragon Ball Fighters looks like it's that, but less bath salts. Just backed <laughs> off a bit uh, on the crazy. And so for uh, somebody watching at home, it still is going to look really entertaining. But you might also be able to still tell what the hell is going on when you're watching it. Did you guys see any of it so far? Yeah, I watched a little bit of the 
the Dragon Ball stuff. I, I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, but I'm, I'm just not into the games. Um, and they always just rehash, like, the episodes on TV, and you just kind of have your own hero in the mix. Um, so, you know, you see the same story basically over and over and over again. That's what I've been seeing anyway. It's sort of the same, the same thing. Um, as for Monster Hunter, I might actually buy that this weekend and... Uh, give it a rip? And give it a rip, because it does look pretty good. It's got some really good reviews, and, you know, anything to use the PS4 Pro on the OLED... Is never a bad thing, and the game does look pretty. Yeah, yeah. So you never know; it might be something I like. It might be, it might be something I might might enjoy, or I might just play it once and never play it again. But I might try it out. Yeah, I I know I've seen I've seen the accounts of of several people who had never played a Monster Hunter game before, who picked up the game and played it, and the general consensus is while mastering the game is certainly difficult getting into it uh was not hard at all and and so they made which has always been a bit of a challenge for monster hunter in the past is that it wasn't even easy to start the game everything was just hard (laughs) all the time and in this one it seems to be much easier to get into uh and then if you're still you know looking to be some sort of monster hunting god then obviously the finer points are a little bit more difficult to pick up on, but nevertheless, uh, much easier to get in. And it just looks like a, it looks really damn good graphically. Yeah. That game looks really, really friggin' good. The only downside I saw that that would have probably bothered me if I was getting into it, and I and I knew other people that were getting into it because you tend to play Monster Hunter. You can play it solo, but you tend to find people to play with, like one or two other people. Uh, and apparently, getting friends into your lobby to play together is a little bit more complicated than it needs to be. Mm. But uh, otherwise, it's been really positive. Like, everyone's been pretty much kind of thumbs up on the Monster Hunter world, for sure. Downside is, I think they pushed the PC release date to, like... Oh, it's like September or something like that? Yeah, they pushed it much further. Um, but, I, you know, I can wait. <laughs> we haven't had Monster Hunter for a long time in non-portable yeah. platform. Yeah. So. I don't know if I want to get on the PS4 if I want to wait for the PC. Um, I think I'm just going to wait for the PC for myself. There's so many yeah, other games. Yeah, there's a lot of games coming out. Speaking of other games, Sea of Thieves is a big title to stream on Twitch right now. You go on there, there's 5 billion people streaming and watching Sea of Thieves. I've been getting, I've been hearing mixed reviews on that one. Like Some so people are I. saying it's awesome. Some people are like, this game is terrible. And I'm just like, I have concerns. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been watching a little bit of it, and it's one of those. It's a hype game right now. This shit will die out, and uh, oh, people people will move back to Fortnite and PUBG. What it is right now, it, it's it's the streamer, it's the entertainer, it's the one that's going to role play and have crazy guys in the background yeah. doing crazy shit. That's all it is. I mean, it does. It, it it's a pretty looking does the game. Gameplay look- like deeper at all or is it just very shallow that's it's, like made by the personality I've I've only watched maybe an hour of it like off and on I've been watching like Summit play it and uh, um, I watched like Tim the, the tat man uh, play a little bit of it but mainly I've just been watching Summit play on my free time mm-hmm. and um, you know he's always fun to watch because it's Summit and you know the chat's crazy and funny to look at um, and there's definitely some funny things that happen in the game and it's it's kind of a pretty looking game too for like an arcadey type thing. It's kind of got like a Fortnite feel to it um, in terms of like arcadey, but not that arcadey. Um, but 
it does. It looks fairly shallow. It just it it looks pardon the pun, but it it just looks uh <laughs> it looks like you could have fun with it for a few. If you're not playing with friends, you're not having a good time. Let's put it that way. Well, I think that's yeah, the way I feel about it anyway. Kind of reminded me mentally of Guns of Icarus and like it's, it, lo- yeah. it looks better. It's it in my opinion, it looks better, better than than Guns yeah. of Icarus, yeah. and it's doesn't take itself as serious, but it's not too far off that. Um. I don't remember if you guys play Black Flag Assassin's Creed. No, no. I have no. Oh, yeah. The the ship combat in that was super fun. I was wondering how that how how this compares to that. I'll probably have to catch on streams. I haven't had a chance. Yeah, I haven't like, watched I didn't too much. I just wanting of it. to like sit down and watch a little bit of Sea of Thieves, but I was like, I just haven't had time. Yeah, I've been. Ma- I've just been mainly seeing people fight each other, not really so much with ships. Like there's sharks and stuff. The sharks will come and eat you and things. So there's some funny things that ha- that happen in the game for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, the I, only I, thing that had me hyped about it was that it was rare, and I'm like, I haven't yeah. seen something from Rare in so long, and they've always done pretty good shit. So you know, I'm, I'm hoping this is good, but yeah, yeah, it's really, it's um, yeah, we'll we will <laughs> we will see. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I, I personally, I mean, it, it makes sense that it, it looks like a game that is only going to be fun to play with other people because I think that was. Totally the idea in the first place. I don't think that they set out to make this game a Sold single player. Xbox Live. Yeah, it wasn't a single player experience idea. It was certainly a game that had multiplayer in mind. And uh, it does. It's a good looking game. It looks like it plays well. Uh, can I play I it on PC or do I have to have an Xbox? No, like, you can play. Like, I'm pretty sure you can play it on the it's, Xbox. It's, on, one of those, PC. it's one of those like Xbox Anywhere yeah. games. Yep. Yep. Interesting. It's um it looks it does. It looks it looks pretty good. I was watching uh, just like Jeff, I was watching Summit play it and a couple other people and and while from a streaming perspective it certainly will likely live and die by the people who are streaming it and be less about the game itself. Um that's not I mean that's that's pretty common for just about any game that you play uh in general, especially if it's multiplayer. I think it's definitely something that's going to grab at a uh I don't know how I want to say this. I think I, I think basically it will absolutely find an audience. Just the size It'll of that audience niche. is kind of up in the air uh, until it's fully released. It's kind of unlike so many games that it's hard to estimate how well it's going to go over when it when it actually releases. Uh, but right now it has a good uh, it has uh, you know some some good press, some good steam behind it. A lot of people uh, promoting it on live streaming services. When's the release date? Uh, it's in March sometime, so it's coming up. Okay, so it's not and that. Not, it's not okay. I was worried they like no. shot the bait out a bit too early. March is a big month, man. Big month. RBI baseball. Oh, and, and we're getting Sea of Thieves. Mark your calendar. Know what else we're getting, man? Like I haven't heard much of what's what's coming in 2018. I'm curious because you know. We're we're already through with January. It just kind of flew by. Yeah, yeah. No, there's. I mean, for for me, for 2018, really, it's Shadow of the Colossus, and I don't know how much I care about everything else. <laughs> like that's 2018 for me right now. That's that's pretty much it. I can't off the top of my head think of of too many other titles that are coming. That's that, in like a week, right? Week and a half. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's coming up. So. um other than that, I really, honest to God, can't think of too many other titles that have grabbed my attention enough that I can think of them, let alone 
tell you that I'm excited about uh, yeah, we got about the release. Game. So we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Ooh, Red Dead Red Dead Redemption Two. That's one that's coming out this oh, year. Okay, that's yeah, I don't, I don't really, I'm not, I'm not really hyped for it, but I'm, 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 you know, like most, like most of the games that come from those guys, I'm sure it will be good. <laughs> I'm sure it will be a, a lovely Isn't, video game. Um, the Last Apparently, of Us Two coming out this year. I don't yeah. see that on the list yet. It might be like there's Metro Exodus, Crackdown Three, maybe. A lot Hard of the stuff we saw in E3 is due out. They're saying this year. It's anything that's pegged in the second half of the year is so hard because the odds are at least half of them are going to get pushed into 2019. So there's apparently a new Yoshi game. Yes, there is for the Switch. Um, But again, I'll believe it when I see it when it's out in 2018. (laughs) They don't even have a working. They they just have a working title. They don't even have a title. Yep. For the game, Yoshi, Yoshi, and Pokemon RPG. Okay. Working titles. You know, it's you know, it's not a good look when your game is supposed to come out that year and you still are only using working titles. That's <laughs> should probably lock down the title for your game before the year of the release of your title. That seems uh, a bit of a stretch. Um, Overwatch League. So last week we just talked. Uh, I think Jeff and I talked a little bit about Overwatch League. Uh, just in uh, maybe we didn't last week. No, it was probably the week before. Two weeks left. Yeah. So uh, we we talked about how the kickoff went. Uh, it seems to still be doing really great, uh, but we're we're running into a couple of things. I think we're I think we're seeing some burnout in these players already. We haven't even hit the first month yet, and we're already hitting burnout, and it's resulting in some. I hate to use the word drama, but. That's pretty much what this is, and uh, we're we're seeing some misconduct of sorts. And I'm uh, actually surprised. Like I don't know. Like mm. I'm trying to find the way to phrase this, but uh, I don't want to say virtue signaling or like PR management or whatever. I already you hate know all the term cr- virtue signaling because I hear it too much yeah. lately. But yeah, yeah. But you know, you know how like you'll get that like picture or letter or whatever posting of like some sort of like PR speak apology yeah. that gets thrown on yeah, um, or just people like getting outraged about things and going insane about them is on both sides um, on the overwatch league side. One, I've seen people just going nuts about random things, like especially with the whole, um, the gender equality side of things, mm-hmm. but also some of the player conduct um, side of things like what, with what happened with XQC, XQC. and profit, um, Profit happened, I think, like yesterday or the day before. Um, but also, like, I've been seeing the teams like putting out these like PR responses for things that are like not really huge issues. Like, I think Shanghai Dragons put out like, "Oh, we will try harder." Like one of these things because they lost a match pretty badly. I was just like, "Why are we doing?" Like, I'm seeing these things way too often. Like, you lost your match. Yeah, it, it happens. happens. Yeah, <laughs> like it I don't happens. need like a two-page mea culpa apology about how you're gonna try harder. Yeah, like, it's a bit, it's a bit silly. But Jeff, I don't know if you saw it. So XQC, who is one of the better Overwatch players in the world, in all honesty, um, Canadian player, and uh, <laughs> was streaming on his own time on his on his own stream, and was coincidentally, I think reacting to or not coincidentally but he was reacting to uh another 
pro players, uh, kind of like, it was like a jab. It was in an interview at the Overwatch League, and it was a bit of a jab. It was kind of like a little banter, you know, in between team banter, like, ha ha, gotcha, bitch, type, type deal. Uh, and he, he, uh, like, he took it really, really seriously, because XQC wasn't there, I guess, at the time or whatever, or there was some reasoning for why he was upset about the fact that he actually thought that they beat them so bad or some shit, like, whatever. And so he goes on, this is a, uh, this player that, that did that at the Overwatch League is apparently an openly gay player, and so XQC rolls real deep and immediately said something along the lines of, like, uh, go suck a big fat cock, you'd probably like that. Or something long. <laughs> something really, something ridiculously off color. Yeah. So yeah. So it, it is. It is funny. Is it something that somebody on a professional esports team in the Overwatch League should be doing on their own stream? Probably not. Uh, but it, it, it who cares, you know, man? I mean, it's in the grand stream. So, so personally, it's I know like I don't really whatever, care. Dude. But if if somebody in in basketball went, you know, went up. And and said to like a, or, or said that about another openly gay player in in the NBA <clears throat> on their own time. They're just out at you know a restaurant. Somebody's got their phone out. And be like, hey, what do you think about so and so saying this about you know the, your match last week? It's like, oh, you'd probably suck a big fat cock. I bet you'd like that. Probably wouldn't go over so hot there either. Yeah, but what you're doing right now is you're comparing professional sports to esports, and we've been down this road before. They're two totally different things, all right? Um, number one, when you're an NBA player or an NHL player, you're just much more mindful of what you say because there's actually repercussions for what you do and say, and you are part of something that is absolutely enormous. I'm not saying that being part of Overwatch League isn't a big deal and that these guys shouldn't act professional. But when you're on your own private stream, and you're talking about video games, and there's video game lingo. Oh, that's gay. Oh, this, that. Go suck a dick. How many times have I said, suck a fat dick? I don't know. I actually can't count some of those people, oh, probably yeah. gay, that I've said oh, it to. Oh, sure, absolutely. And I don't feel yeah. the least bit sorry about it. It's just lingo. That's the way it is. It's like when somebody drops an N-bomb, and I'm playing fucking player unknown, I don't go crazy. It's just what you're used to hearing. I'm not saying that it's right and that you should say it, but I'm what I'm saying is is who cares? He's he's well, he's, he's creating a little bit of beef. It's creating some headlines, some drama. He's on his own stream. He's taking shots at another player in a format in which in gaming you do. And it just it was trash talk. Yeah, it might have been a little bit distasteful for sure, but at the end of the day, it's not like he's, you know, there were probably people out there probably calling him a homophobe or some shit. Well, you know, obviously I mean, it's the internet. It's like, come of on, course. man! How many, how much shit have you said on the internet? Like, you know, if people would just spin this. I'd just sit there and laugh. I'd be like, you know what, dude? It it is what it is. Like, I don't, you know? I don't. Yeah, I don't think that. I mean, there are people that are absolutely rattled about it because people will find just about any oh, way possible to get upset about something. I'm not. Of course, I, I don't think. First of all, I doubt the player he said that about even gives a shit himself. No, probably really doesn't he care. He didn't. No. He exactly. actually said, I'm surprised people are taking this yeah, so badly. Yeah, just like, like it's really not. But him and I have already talked and we're fine. I think the I think the bigger problem is that for from the Overwatch League's perspective, yes, you can't compare them to an actual sports league right now, but they're 
there as an organization Overwatch League obviously wants to strive to be taken seriously as a a sport of any kind whether it's an esport or a sports sport or whatever they want to be taken relatively seriously and so what happens if he wasn't gay so what happens if he wasn't gay and he said go suck a fat dick right would they have made a big deal to this well, probably I not. They I, I, wouldn't I even have got looked. It wouldn't even have gotten probably, looked at. No, probably not. But I don't Which think. Is, I think the 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 thing is is that anyone. I think the the bigger problem or the biggest problem is that for the league they have sponsors that are pretty substantial and and teams have sponsors and the sponsors themselves just like on YouTube the yeah. land of literally everything is AIDS. The moment one person. Does something I stupid. I get it. Then the advertisers go, hey, I don't want our Tide Pods on a video about somebody sucking a big fat dick. <laughs> I want my Tide Pods on But he on also was videos. on his own private stream, right? He no, was also on his own private yeah, but you still, stream, but not you still, part of the production. You, no matter what, that's the problem though. If you're, he's not you or me. We might have sponsors individually, but we're not being managed by somebody else. We're just our own, our own business. Or whatever. When you're when you're on a team, you're represented. You're you represent the team, and the team is is representing their sponsors. And it's a totally different ball game. I just, I just so, feel like everyone is being like super overly ridiculously sensitive. Yeah, like shit sure, happens. absolutely. And I'm not saying like, the sponsors like oh my. God, and I'm oh not my saying God, the sponsor should care. I don't. Oh, I, no, 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 I, I, if I, I was that. a sponsor, I probably wouldn't give a fuck. But the problem I'm, is. I'm not welcome we're to not being there. part of esports. And you I think to. that sponsors, I think that sponsors in esports need to realize that you're dealing with a bunch of young, hormonal, egotistical cucks that live in their mom's basements. And they, they don't, the vast majority of don't, don't have proper etiquette. They have, they are very uh, socially awkward. They don't know how to, and I'm being very general, but it is, I've been in the industry a long time and, and it's usually the people that are extremely good at video games that are even more, uh, socially weird. Like they don't, they don't know the boundaries. They don't in their mind. It's just, even if they say something, it can be awkward and it's like, it is what it is. I think I listen, if the sponsor, I get it. I get it. All right. I'm playing devil's advocate here for the sake of playing devil's advocate. I get it. You know, sponsors, they don't want some guy telling another dude that's gay to suck a fat dick. And I'm sure he'd like it. That's I mean, that's obvious. Okay, that is what it is. If the guy wasn't gay, this wouldn't even have been talked about. And if and if the the fanboys and the fangirls out there didn't make such a shitstorm of it, it wouldn't have even been discussed and talked about anyway. So ultimately, these problems Really, they do lie with the professional, but I think the, the the term professional is 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 overly used in the realm of esports when you're dealing with teenagers and young twenty year olds that don't know anything about responsibility, and they they're just thrown into it and 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 expected to act like an NBA person, like you would say. And I get it. It's I I get it. Don't say that. Sh- you shouldn't say that shit. But at the same time, he is on his own dime. I'm sure he regretted saying it, but I think that it's just overblown, way out of proportion, and I highly doubt that they're going to ban the guy off the team, especially if he's the best player in the world or one of the best players in the world. The guy ain't going nowhere. And if he does, somebody else will pick him up because ultimately, 
They want to win. And well, that's, that's, it. So that's he, just the he, way it he is. Got, he got a relatively hefty suspension. It was 30-some days worth. It was like a one. It was like a full Those one or four two. matches. Four yeah. matches, 30-something days. Uh, uh, and $2,000. And go stream and make, what, 15,000 times more money. Just go and stream for 30 days. Yeah. Oh no, it's not. And just hurt. make way it's more not, money, and then yeah. and then realize why am I even on this bullshit? I can't be myself. I'm walking on eggshells. I told the guy to go suck a fat dick, and I got I got suspended for thirty days. You know. I anyway. That that's the way. I, that's the way I look. I'm just a little bit more jaded. I, it's ridiculous, dude. We 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 we're, we're, you see the Starcraft. You look at somebody like Idra that said everything in the book. Every fucking thing you can think. I mean, we're talking getting fucked by tire irons, dying of cancer, <laughs> kill yourself, um, yeah. homophobic, straight full blown homophobic remarks, the f bombs, you name it, and nothing happened to that guy oh, until the oh, very you're end gonna, you're when he just self destructed. So it's just it's ridiculous. It's you're, ridiculous. You're Welcome to esports. You're going to love this one. Um, so yesterday or the day before or something, um, one of the Korean players from London was uh, didn't realize his uh, face cam and everything was active and that the broadcast was focusing on him. And he oh, very right. playfully, very playfully flipped off someone Flip else on his team just for fun. And it got caught in the broadcast. He got fined a grand. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I'm sorry. That's some stupid uh, shit. Everyone I, I, was I, laughing when he did it. People were like, oh, that's pretty funny. And then he got fined a grand. Like, these oh motherfuckers God. better be getting paid so much money to be part of such a circus show that, it, that they, is, they better be so getting easy. paid hordes of cash. I'm not talking like $10,000 a month. I'm talking like 30, 40, 50 grand a month. They might be putting up with some of that bullshit. I just wish they weren't walking on it. Like Blizzard wasn't walking on eggshells, and the league wasn't walking so hard on eggshells. It's like, like fine thousand dollar fine for flipping the bird to your teammate and as a joke. Yeah, I mean, come on. Where do they even? Where do they even grab that shit? Is that in the contract? Like, if you do anything, uh, if you do any any type of profanity, established just a thousand bucks. Do it again. we'll we'll do five thousand next time. Do it again, eh, 25000 which is like your yearly salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. No, there is There is definitely, and I mean, even in, in, in sports, there's, it's odd, because if you were to hear everything that goes on in a rink, you know, for hockey... Oh. Oh, and the dude, chirp, look at the UFC. chirp, the chirping that look happens. Look at UFC. Oh my god! But, but I mean, but they I mean, get on stage and they just cutting each other up, like talking about well, yeah, family they, members. They, fuck you, this, that, fuck. Yeah, but they, they intentionally like they, they're told to do that shit. Like UFC, it, like it's tells them to do it now. It's a so sport, in, man. And so it's in the, the NHL, in the, but in the NHL, just to make a point here, in the NHL, if you were to go down on the ice side, you hear all the chirping that goes on between <laughs> the players on the ice. It's fucking. It's, NFL. it's bananas. It's an the amount art. of end bombs dropped on a regular oh, just, basis during the NFL must be but, just ungodly. But the moment you pull it from there, even if you were to hear, if you listen carefully enough, sometimes on broadcasts on TV, you'll pick it up every now and then. You'll hear just softly in the background, get fucked. It's just like some real soft shit in the background. But that doesn't matter. Like nobody thinks about that at, at all. And then you take that, and if you do that in front of a microphone somewhere publicly, then now it's a problem. And so it's a really weird lines that are drawn in in all sorts of sports. And Blizzard, I think, is still trying to find how 
how extreme they're going to be enforcing these kind of rules uh, upon uh, players. And I think obviously, I think, I think it's obvious that they are trying very, very hard to be taken seriously by people that aren't already in the scene. Like they're trying, they're not trying to impress or, or please you or me or panic or, or, or anyone else that's watching. Cause most people see that, that f- fucking 45 pound Asian kid flip the bird to a teammate. And they're like, Haha, that's so quiet. They laugh. Like, they just laugh. like fucking laugh about it. Right. Blizzard's um, like, no, there's a thousand dollar fine. Deal with it. It's like, what? You know, but for, yeah, to them, it's, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not pandering to us. They're, they're they've got, they've got bigger people that they're worried about. And, and whether or not those people are even going to care about, they could go to the sponsors and be like, look, we're so sorry that, uh, that player flipped a bird. And they'd be like, are you really telling you wasting my time right now? Yeah. <sighs> Are you wait? Why are you wasting my time? Everyone was like laughing and smiling when he did that. Yeah, like I, just I like, ended <laughs> my lunch. I ended my lunch early for this meeting, and you're calling me to apologize for the fact that some friggin' twenty year old kid flipped the bird playfully to a teammate. Are you kidding? Seriously? Come on, yeah, no? it's 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 it's. They also got to understand that people need to have personalities, like. Yeah. You want to be successful. You want to have a successful league. You need to have successful stars. And in order to be a star, you can't just be faker. You know what I mean? You need to have not everyone can not be everyone faker. can be faker. Yeah. And you need to have people that are the badasses, that are the hotheads, that are the softies, that that don't say much, the quiet but will, will wreck you type. And and the one time that they give you a thumbs down, everyone goes crazy like ah. Oh shit! They, they did something. Oh my god! He fucking gave a thumbs down. Oh, that's BM as fuck. But then you've got you know the hot asses like the Idras that are like you know what? Fuck you, asshole. Go go fuck yourself with a tire iron. Hope fucking you bleed out like shit like that. And and yeah, there's there's a line that probably shouldn't be crossed. But at the same time, you gotta have people that are interesting to watch, or you're or it's gonna remind me of like watching a really a really good League of Legends match and then all the teammates they get out they shake hands they do interviews with everybody is like hey so how was your performance oh uh, you know we really struggled to t- uh, top lane and uh, yeah <laughs> we're gonna really try we're gonna try our best next time yeah okay thank you so much Let's go to the next guy hey so so how was it don't, don't speak English and then the next one it's like you know and it's this and at the end of the day you go okay that was a great game but then you realize that it's a professional play, so usually almost all games are great, and a lot of them are made by the commentators. The commentators are the ones the that are machines. really putting on the show. And you want to have personalities that people can attach themselves to, whether it's the hero, the anti-hero, the, the, the quiet type, the guy that just goes out and wrecks, or the girl, or whatever. If you don't have these people that can't be themselves and, and do things you're ultimately going to shoot yourself in the foot because the games will become monotonous over time. They will look like every other game and it won't really matter. It'll be a branding thing. Is it, you know, TSM versus cloud? It's not going to be, oh, you know, turtle on TSM or this person on this. It's just going to be the teams and everyone's going to be commingled into the same shit sphere and no one's really going to give a fuck. But when you have people that talk shit and, and, and be themselves, more importantly, 
that's when you're going to create real superstars and, and you don't have to. And, and when you go on Twitter and you apologize for a bad loss, it, it doesn't need to be like, oh, you know, I'm very sorry to our fans. We'll try again next time. You'll have somebody that go, that's fucking bullshit. I really fucked up top lane or I, you know, I totally wrecked that fucking guy. I'm going to get him next time. And it talks more to the people, more to the gamers that understand it doesn't look like some rehearsed bullshit, some bullshit sports uh, etiquette where they should be wearing suit and ties to every game and then you know they get into their jerseys and nobody's got tattoos and you can't have a piercing on your face it just looks stupid that's my opinion on it and that's why I'm never really into esports is because it's a joke it's a bunch of it's it's the real entertainment is on the streams with real personalities. That's the way it's always been. You'll get the odd games that are exciting, but for the vast majority of people, even people that watch uh, League of Legends, Overwatch, whatever, I guarantee you, if their favorite streamer is streaming and there is an event, they're going to watch their favorite streamer or they might have the event on a secondary window without the sound on because ultimately there's better interaction. It feels more genuine. It feels more authentic and it feels like you can root for somebody and not this fake bullshit show that they put on. That's my opinion on esports as a whole. And this just continues to add to my belief that esports needs to stop trying to be a sport and, and, embrace what it is and when they do that i think they're going to be much more successful it's like they're trying to play into to get somebody that watches uh nfl into esports dude they're into fucking real grown men shit they don't want to fucking watch a bunch of avatars run around and shoot a bunch of bullshit that gives them a seizure they don't give a fuck they're too busy fucking bitches and drinking beer the ones that want to watch this stuff are guys that want to pwn nubs, that want to make fun of people when they lose, that want to throw in a bunch of kappas and tryhards in the chat, and they want to be spoken to in the same Fucking language that they're used to. Drinking G fuel. That's the, but that's straight up the reality. I don't get it. It's just dumb. It's dumb. Anyway, I digress. My personal favorite. My personal favorite. This is a response. Like this. Like the, the, the thing that pisses me off the most about the whole response to this. Right. This is literally like one of the media picked up on. As they said, Twitter user said, "Tough. It was viewed by thousands and many of them children. Highly offensive and rude. He needs to be held accountable. Once on stage, you must be in a professional mindset and respectful." I'm like, motherfucker. Why are kids watching a game about shooting people? I mean, it's. Okay, let's let's spin this because it's a far, fucking Minecraft channel. Yeah. We're gonna spin this. I know. We're gonna spin this in because the remaining topics here are things in the gaming stuff that we don't really need to talk about. Let's let's expand on this because it is something that's been that's been getting worse and worse here in the uh, on the internet and in reality in general here. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna pin this one on Kotaku because it's the easiest target to hit. <laughs> I could hit it with <laughs> with literally anything. Uh, Brett Hall could hit that shit. It's so fucking easy to to target right now. Um. There's a very, I'm going to call it disturbing lean in, in culture and I'm not even going to say internet culture, just culture in general now, but it pops up obviously a lot in the video game sphere because, uh, because there are so many young people in that, you know, in this market, right? Uh, and that's where most of the, the, the shift in this, you know, stuff comes from. Uh, is the young is the younger 
the younger groups. Um, we, we joke about everyone being offended by everything a lot. It, it's like, it's, you can't, because a lot of the news that happens now is centered around somebody being offended by something that somebody else or some entity has done in some way, shape or form. And it's a witch hunt culture. It's, it's, I call, I call it cultural extremism because, because the moderate doesn't exist anymore. Everyone has to not only be on a team, but they have to be, they have to be on teams that are so polarized that, uh, that it's easily, that they're, that they're easily capable of putting Things in boxes, very small boxes. They want things to only need to be described with two syllable words that, uh, that are only five words in, in total. They don't want to have to think about the fact that something might be multifaceted, uh, or, or, or complex in, in why a result occurs. They want to be able to look at something and say, this is caused by this thing that I'm personally against. Put it in a little box, put it on a shelf with the other little boxes and say that fuck all of this shit. They're wrong. They're assholes. They're what's wrong with the world. Meanwhile, a lot of people on the other side of the board do the exact same thing in the reverse. And they've got their own shelf with many little boxes that they've put super complex topics in like race and and cultural interaction between different racial groups in countries like the United States and Canada feminism. and beyond. Yeah, feminism. There's uh, another one. Um, um, a, a very popular... Okay, so super popular. I've been watching more and more of it because it blew up more and more recently. Um, Jordan Peterson, who is a Canadian professor out of uh, Ontario, uh, clinical psychologist... Uh, getting more and more attention as of late because uh, of several different videos. He's put 500-some hours of his lectures online, and he's tackled a lot of serious topics, not the least of which being things uh, like the um, the pronoun shit that's going on right now uh, where there are groups uh, in the transgender community and the like where they are they're aiming to have different pronouns be legally forced to be used <sighs> and uh and many other topics like the wage gap with women and men and racism and and the white privileges he covered because again clinical psychologist there that's the root cause of all of this shit is it stems from an individual and and it and it becomes the social and he had an interview on bbc what channel four or whatever bbc here not long ago became a mad internet meme still ongoing right now and Jeff, if you haven't seen this interview, somebody can probably link it in chat. You'll find it if you see, if you look up Jordan Peterson BBC interview. I promise you, if you are not entertained, you will at least cringe once every five seconds whenever the interviewer opens her mouth. Because she is the perfect example of not only the current, like, feminist-ish thing that exists right now. Not real feminism, but this pseudo-bullshit feminism and also the easily offensible and everything else that seems to be wrong, all at the same time, embodied by this one person 
And the beauty about Jordan Peterson is he is so specific about every word that leaves his mouth in every video that's ever been shot of him that he cannot be fucking countered. <laughs> and she tries so hard. And he, dude, if there was, if you've ever wanted to see somebody get mangled in an interview. I, I just bookmarked it. I just, I'll watch it after this. You are going to probably laugh a few times. There, I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen an interview. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast too. So if you want to watch him on that too, you know how Joe ta- likes to talk on his own podcast like crazy, even when he has guests. Joe might have got three minutes in, and then he just let Jordan talk for like two hours, 45 straight fucking minutes. Joe's mind being blown the whole fucking time. This dude makes this woman look like an infant. But in ways Probably that... because she is But in infant. ways that every... I and mean, that's the thing, but he's not saying... So here's, here's what I'm going to say before I pass this on. We talk about this, because Kotaku, I'm going to turn this into, back into the gaming thing. It has suddenly, I said this the other day, I was talking to, I think it was Gabs or Brian, it's suddenly become, I think, I think that it says a lot about where we are in North America and other places, that all it takes for somebody to seem a genius or to seem profound is to stop, think about something, and then after critically thinking about both sides of an argument and looking at it, say something instead of, and, and, and then admitting that it's not simple and admitting that there are multiple reasons for why something happens. And suddenly that person is a fucking God. That's how everyone should be tackling everything at any given time. But society has become more and more about pick a side, it's be on it Let's go and go. And that's yeah. it. It's been simplified but, but, but into it's not even it's not, even it's not even that it's even further simplified than that. And it's like they'll take an issue and I know we're completely on a tangent. They'll take an issue. They'll completely ignore the actual issue itself and the deeper implications around that entire issue. And, and they'll dial in on some like hyper specific thing that's irrelevant, like be it a pronoun or like an image or symbol or whatever. And they'll just say, if you use this, you are either good or you are pure evil. And it's like one or the other. And they'll like completely disregard the actual issue. And they'll just, cause then they can say like, Oh no, I'm doing. And without actually doing something, they can say, Oh, I'm doing this. You know, I'm on a side. They, they want to put you in a box so that they can yeah. attack you and not the issue. They never want to talk it's about the issue. It's just, I want to be able to put the thing that you are discussing in this little container so that I can scream at it until it goes away. And, and it's uh, not the actual issue. It's some symbol or some just no. reference to it tangentially. So Kotaku, don't to, want to, think about of, it. to kind of tie this into gaming in some way, shape, yeah. or form, I want to quickly say, fuck you, Kotaku, for being one of the worst examples of this in video game journalism, if not the worst example of this in video game journalism. Every second day, Kotaku has some shittily written, poorly thought out article about some racial, feminist, whatever the fuck thing that they've dug out of the dark holes of the internet or they've they've made it out to be a thousand times worse than it is and they run these articles all the time. The recent one uh, was either, I think it was yesterday that I saw it pop up in my feed. You, the Ugandan Knuckles meme oh that's been God. around. Don't okay? even get me started on that. So, Jeff, do you know about this meme? No. 
Okay, I so I don't do memes. Okay, so well, I only say this because maybe uh, I don't, well, you also don't watch a lot of streams either. So you know the game VR Chat. You've probably seen that on. Okay, so if you watch enough VR Chat, there's an entire community built up around this Ugandan Knuckles, which is basically Knuckles like from Sonic. Okay, miniature form. Okay, this tiny little miniature Knuckles form, and then it's it's kind of. It's a, 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 a bunch of things that came together, but basically they, they're stretching out a bit of a meme from a, an actual movie, okay, where it was like the Ugandan military and, there was, and the movie itself was, was being humorous at the time. And they kind of extrapolated it and they added in some things like, you know, the clucking from some, you know, African languages and some other shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, they got the Ebola in there. They got a bunch of everything like spit on the queen, you know, or the, or the, do you know the way? Like, and do you know the way is now the fucking meme. If you looked it up right now, you're going to see hordes of Ugandan knuckles. If you just put in, you, do you know the way? Oh, and, and, and that's it. Kotaku ran this big ass article on how that's some horrible, horrible, racist, crazy before shit. Before you, before you jump on that, I just want to say one thing, right? Go for the it. Creator of the knuckles drawing and the character and all of that, he is a Ugandan, <laughs> and he finds it absolutely hysterical. Like he loves it. He loves Problem the fact. Fucking solved. He loved the fact that this became like a huge thing that everyone was rallying around. He like he because he he was sitting there. He's like. This can actually bring awareness to Uganda. Like yes. Uganda is a, like, you know, we have some issues, but we're not seen as like huts and things. We have a meme. And he was excited. <laughs> Look, right? if you get a meme on the internet, you fucking made it, bro. Like if your yeah, country, nobody talks about it. Yeah. And people were talking about Uganda. They're like, oh, this seems interesting. You know, and, you know, you know maybe someone's going to know what Uganda is other than, you know, something in Africa. Now and, continue. And yeah, so, and you know, anyone with a brain, if they see this shit, they're not going to look at Ugandan knuckles <laughs> and be like, that is representative, Jeff's seen it now, representative of Uganda. Like, seriously, nobody's fucking seeing this shit. It's pretty funny, right? Like, it's fucking hilarious. So, <laughs> yes, I'm watching a video and his little sonic like, hedgehog like looking 20 motherfuckers of them. around just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you know the way? Do you know, know, know the way? That's <laughs> pretty funny. It is, right? <laughs> Do you know the way? And the Kotaku's <laughs> managed to turn this into this big racial fucking argument, which I think is... After what happened to freaking Pepe, Kotaku's like, oh, we found the next one, boys. Yeah. Let's oh, God. Clicks. So... Um, it is. And so Kotaku is part of the problem. They're, they're doing the whole put it in a box and just and push your, your, your fucking god-awful, ex, extreme, like, mo monotonous, binary uh, viewpoints on it or your, or your, your whatever you want to call it. Your, your, this makes me angry. It's, it's so, it's crazy. It's hard to put into words, which is why listening to I don't I don't agree necessarily with everything that comes out of Jordan Peterson's mouth. I agree with uh, I'd say eighty five ninety percent of whatever comes out of that man's mouth. It's hard to not get, and this is actually something he said as well. He he said he said you know you're you're part of the problem now because you are, um, you're going to battle with them. Right, you're, you're you're part of the you're picking a side and and you're and you're you're fighting it uh, as if you're as if you're one of them basically. 
And he said, you know, he said, I thought about that for a long time. And, and he, he said, I haven't, I haven't figured out how to participate in this, which I think is important because I don't like where this is going from a, a so, you know, social standpoint, a societal standpoint. I don't know how to do it any other way. You have to be able, even when the other side doesn't want to have a discussion, you, ha- you have to make an effort because what other way? And if that comes across as being combative, then I don't know what else to do. But the other side always seems to turn it into a combative situation. It's very rare now to have two people be able to ha- sit down, have a discussion. It happens here all the time. We can't even fucking do it right. Sit down, have a discussion, and not have it turn into a, uh, a screaming match. Hey, hey look, the, the screaming matches are all well and good. It, it comes down to the content of what's being said. If you get heated about something, that's great. You're passionate about it. As long as you're not devolving into like ad hominem attacks or like attacking yeah, the well, person yeah, saying like, true, if you're actually yeah. like, if you're actually like, if you're getting heated and you're yelling, yeah, maybe you should have a little bit more control. 100% understandable. But at the same time, if you're making a valid argument, that's not like attacking like an uncontrollable thing. It's like actually talking about whatever the issue is or whatever you're discussing in a reasonable and rational manner. Personally, for me, 100% fine. I don't care that you're yelling at me. But if you're talking in, like, extreme, like, us or them, uh, as you said, binary mentalities, and you're not, like, it's, like, right and wrong, black and white, and you're not even willing to engage in, like, a discussion like that, then it's stupid. Like, you're effectively just trying to outshout the person. At which point, to me, it's, like, no good. I'm gonna. I know this is a video game podcast. We've kind of gone off. Rails. I don't really care because I find this a very interesting topic. More interesting, certainly, than the fact that graphics cards cost way too much money right now, which was the yeah. next topic on this list. So we're just gonna yeah, fuck that topic. We're please. just gonna keep talking about this. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna be real. I'm actually a little afraid for where this is all going for a number of reasons. Uh, one, the well, well, let's go with the squeaky wheel gets the oil metaphor it's here. The meme cost, Adam. Yeah, well, memes, memes, memes. That's a whole different topic where memes are a lot more influential on a global scale than people realize. They should be. <laughs> yeah, like they're like they're used as as political fire from other countries for their own. Like it's crazy. Shit, gets, the internet's a wacky, wacky place. But it's <clears throat> it's scaring me a bit because of how. Because one, I, I mean, eventually, and we're going to have kids eventually. At least I plan on eventually having children. No, I'm pretty sure Jeff is planning on having some kids. And we've got, we've got to, we've already got this hurdle of, of raising our children in the internet era. We, for example, when we were younger, the stupid shit we did didn't just get blasted up online. So we've got to now get our kids through uh, an entire universe where, and God only knows how far away tech's going to be by the time they come around, what social media is going to fucking look like. They'll be born with cameras on their head. Exactly. Kids won't understand how to interact in person. They'll have to put on a VR headset to talk to the person next to them. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, so my concern is now there, the biggest, like an even bigger hurdle is going to be how do how do you, I guess I'm, I don't know about condition, but how do you prepare your 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 child, especially in the teenage years, for a world that, as it stands right now, seems to be veering off course to some weird fucking dystopian liberalistic bullshit territory 
where if you say when you if you use the wrong pronoun you're you can you can be fined or go to jail if you don't pay the fine like that's fucking crazy right and 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 watching but i think the more dis- disturbing thing is that the majority it seems to be slipping in that direction because of the media so when you watch that bbc that bbc interview with that woman um people watch her especially this bbc is taken relatively seriously like no matter what channel version of bbc you're watching people in general associate the bbc with relative quality maybe not the people physically in britain themselves but in in other places in the world certainly um they watch her and they see how that goes. And if it wasn't Jordan, in, uh, in other interviews where she was perhaps not pitted up against somebody as intellectually superior as, as Jordan was in, in the one that they did, she's perpetuating this kind of crazy ideology about how to pick apart things. She's a journalist, so people are going to assume that she is seeing all the sides and that whatever she's putting out there is a well-thought-out, um, well-formed opinion. And then that kind of thought process becomes the norm. And we're already seeing that critical thinking is an incredibly difficult thing for people to do in general. Because they don't critical think anymore. They just, everything's instant gratification. No one knows how to research anything anymore. So they just look up things that sound good to them. They find something online that reinforces the bullshit idea. And then they're like, no, I'm right. And then they just start yelling it. And the thing, so, so where I see this going and where I think it already kind of has been in the first place, and I I hate to be the guy, but I'm going to use America as an example because it just seems to make sense here. Oh, we're the best at it. Yeah. Is that, is that when this, when this kind of stuff happens and this kind of discourse is, is the norm, uh, it's not discourse. Well, well, this, well, that's what this kind of Uh, pseudo, uh, when this is, when this is the norm violent tendencies or or escalation is way more common and the us and them mentality gets gets pinned on the easiest targets and we're seeing yeah we're seeing a hell of a lot more we're all go with the the blacks versus the whites shit in the states right now than we have in in one of, it's always been there but it is some serious it's been quiet forefront. for a while, but it's gotten like it's it's heated. gotten bad. I mean, we brought the tiki torches back. Those motherfuckers were, were literally marching and shit now, and we laugh about it now. But think of how fucked it's up pretty that disturbing. is. We already a lot of people thought that we already left that part of of Western culture in in the past we knew it was still kind of there small pocket of people like those are just complete retards but the thing is but the thing is because of the internet that pocket of people that used to be hard for them to find other people like-minded it's not difficult for them anymore and it's easier for them to influence other people and we're seeing we're not seeing this small group that stays small like they're gaining support in various places and something and something that was said on the Joe Rogan podcast uh, with, with, with Jordan at one point, Jordan mentioned this. He said the thing that scares him the most, and it seems silly to say this, but it's true, is that that portion of people not I'm not saying like the people marching or whatever, although that is technically, I guess they'd be in a similar group. But the people that are that have this mindset more on average are the ones carrying all the weapons. 
Yeah, because they're crazy. So that's the 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 craziest bit there is that is that in if you were really to draw if you were really to draw this out to to the end where you know where does this where does this go and the us first them mentality goes out for another 10 20 30 years and we we extrapolate it and nothing it's not checked it's not balanced nothing happens is that if they don't start getting their way what do what do people like this tend to do they get violent about it and they're the ones with guns and yes it sounds crazy to say that there are going to start to be more violent things and more gun related shit that comes out of it because people don't like what the other person's saying and they the, can't handle that shit the counter, counter problem to that is is you're, you're talking about the one side of it but the other problem is the, the left side of it is getting even more militant as well um i've actually but seen that's what it i mean but yeah. that's what i mean is that it's, it's just getting, getting crazy escalation it's yeah, just escalating it's, and yes. all the people in the middle are like well shit yes exactly the, like, that's what i mean by I'm the us in the versus, middle here the us yeah. versus them just goes on and on and on and the 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 moderate, you know, the middle, which I know these are political terms, but this you can apply this to just how somebody thinks in general, right? If if you're moderate in in thought, it tends to to signal that you are um, that you that you think about both sides before you come to a conclusion and you actively do it. You don't just fucking pick and go and ignore everything else because your parents think that way so because you were raised that way we're going to just not even think about the other side of it or rationalize it or maybe consider that our parents weren't exactly right it's like jeff and i talked about last week somebody said what's you know one of your things in in life where you suddenly make a realization well a good realization is that your parents aren't always fucking right because they're just people too they're just people too and you get to an age and most people hit it and they see their parents fuck up and they go wait a minute they shouldn't have done that shit Oh, fuck, what else are my parents not good at? Obviously, they aren't just, you know, they don't have all the answers. And 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 so, not even looking at that, it's like people, when they're asked who they vote for politically, it's like, well, my family's always voted for this side, so fuck it. I don't really care. I don't even turn on the news or anything or read the paper or, or go to a rally or see what they're about. I just vote for them. I mean, think about it. And so, that kind of, of, of thought process is is becoming far more common and it's i'm gonna be honest it scares the shit out of me because it's it's not something that i can uh, that i don't think it's sustainable at all and and even if it's sustainable i think it seriously hurts progress in just about every fucking way you could imagine it um and i i I, but i also don't know what the answer to it is I, i just don't know People need to fucking take a chill pill. That's the answer. Talk peacefully, quietly, calmly. <clears throat> Think. It is what it is. It is what it is. You can sit here and talk about crazies all day, but the crazy, so. It is, <laughs> it is what it is. Truly <laughs> eloquently spoken. All you can do is just worry about you and raise your kids right or the best way you can and take the world as it comes. Yeah, that's just, just you know, it's, it is it is crazy. I mean, not, uh, to to kind of make reference to to what the the opening of this podcast was, where I asked Jeff for the you know hit me up with the noise of getting suckered at A and W. A buddy of Jeff and I today. That's what happened. <laughs> dude just got suckered in line at A and W because the dude thought he cut him off in a fucking A and W, a fast food restaurant 
And he thought it come off. So obviously the correct response there was to sucker punch somebody. Had rings on and everything. That makes perfect sense. Like, are you that's serious? A, that's a pretty rare thing to happen here. But yeah, I mean, obviously it's probably some sort of hood rat. Oh, it's a hundred percent Young guy thought, thought he was funny. I'm going to punch that guy in the face, man. You know, Brian, Brian only looks like he's, you know, a buck 50. Ah, uh, yeah. There's two of us, one of him. <laughs> you know, would, would he have done that to somebody that was, you know, 220? No chance. No. I, I also I also said I was like, God, if this was Brian of five years ago, he'd probably be in jail for murder right now. Straight up. Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't sucker somebody in the face. You, like, that's like just, uh, the, just I know completely off top, but who do, like, why do you, you don't go for know, the face? You don't know what that person's capable of. Like, you don't fucking know. <laughs> like, even if they are only 5'10 or 5'9 or whatever the fuck. What Brian like, was you like don't, a fourth degree black belt in like murder jujitsu or dude, something. Dude, Brian can fucking, that dude has yeah. fought a lot and he can yeah. handle himself. And just because he's not the biggest dude in the world, I wouldn't want to fight fucking Brian. Just, and who sucker punches a motherfucker at an A&W? Who does that shit? They could have a they could have a fucking knife on them or some shit. You don't know what they're freaking carrying, and you're gonna do that and put yourself on the line in a public place because you didn't get your fucking mama burger in time. Come the fuck, get the. Well, if you're in the states, somebody would have died via gunshots in AW, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it would have been, yeah. been the A and W employee with a shotgun behind the counter, yeah. just fucking blowing away, just ready to fucking kill at. <laughs> At bay, somebody punches somebody, somebody dies. There is no, there's, there's no middle line. You die now. You die. Oh my god, it would have been fucking over. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck, fuck. Shall that. we move into a uh, tech support? Uh, oh, we got, we'll just do a couple of quick little movie things because none of them is particularly crazy. Pacific Rim new trailer. Guess what? Pacific Rim still looks dope. Everyone agree? Yeah, uh, looks good. Actually, not entirely. Oh, for fuck. Um, I, I, I like most of it. It just seemed too much. It seemed too Power Rangers-y with the jumping robots and everything. Okay. But well, Power Rangers that, did so well that obviously they uh, decided to follow suit. I actually just suit. watched Power Rangers again, again? yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, I know. Ka- I, mean, I mean, Kayla more, didn't yeah. see it, so we watched it on Netflix. <laughs> bad life choice. <laughs> it's just so I was bad. Like, it's like, a little bit too jumpy with the robots and stuff. But I'm like, all right, it's still cool. John Boyega look, character looked cool. So I'm like, I'm still hyped for the movie. I was just like, all right, I'm not as hyped. I still think the best part about the Power Rangers movie was when all the Zoids fell into the hole so that they didn't have to animate the fucking Megazord being put together, yeah. <laughs> and then it pops up out of that. Was the fu- that was, I laughed out loud. Biggest I was like, out. "That's oh my Biggest god, that's such the a cop whole out. last twenty minutes of the movie was garbage." Oh man, absolute uh, garbage. The Weinstein Company renames itself because uh, the old one touched people. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what they're renaming themselves to, but apparently it got so bad with the Weinstein publicity that they were verging on bankruptcy. So they started selling off rights and shit to movies they had. Holy shit. And now shit. they're looking for, looking for a buyer. Um, and they're like going like, they're like looking at, um, it's like, it's like trade assembly guild or like wonder Hill or some generic name for the company. They're, uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're hurting though. That's brutal. And yet I don't care. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm just like, yeah, you know, Weinstein Company, not the best name right now. No, no, probably not. Should probably, probably change that as soon as humanly possible. Uh, Hemsworth taking a hiatus after Avengers, and I don't blame him. That dude seems to, like, he just wants to stop eating chicken and broccoli for at least a week. 
Yeah, he's pretty, he uh, pretty much came out and said, hey, um, I've been doing a lot of movies and shit. Um, I haven't really seen my kids and family that much, and uh, I wanted to take at least six months, maybe a year, to, you know, see my family, drop my kids off at school, you know, not have to constantly come home with presents because my kids never see me. That seems you like know, a very reasonable thing, to, he, thing his, to do. His exact response was, I'm a little worried at how okay they are with me being gone for long periods of time that the first thing they usually say when I come back is, present? Oh, uh, yeah, no, them. that's, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's a bad, that's a bad look. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. He's made lots of money. He can afford to go away for a little bit. I don't think it's yeah. going to hurt him at all. Uh, Mission Impossible 6 is titled Fallout. Why are we still getting Mission Impossible movies? Because they, like, they make a billion dollars. <laughs> Just That's why. And the last Tom one was Cruise actually really are, good. I like the last uh, one. Was there a bad Mission Impossible no. movie other than the second one, which was kind of eh? Yeah, I, I've, I've been thoroughly enjoying the Mission movies. Impossible movies How for many while. soapboxes can we burn through just to get Tom Cruise on the level with other people? <laughs> Probably how many do we ha- How many have to be sacrificed so that uh, Tom Cruise I mean, can still make Mission Impossible movies? Hey, man, he, he puts in the work. He actually broke his ankle during this one, during one of the stunts. Wow. I was actually uh, watching a, a few of his uh, few videos on YouTube. There's a bunch of, like him doing stunts and stuff for mission impossible six they've been like they've been filming this for months now yeah um but yeah no i i actually i'm i actually look forward to the mission impossible yeah. movies i'll be there opening night and they can have they my money and it's tom cruise always does a good job i mean tom cruise is worth a movie ticket just about always so yeah it, i know it's tom cruise but hey he's a movie star and that's exactly what he does. He doesn't I'll keep going to watch his movies as long as they're good movies. Do you guys think in like in like fifty years we're all old and senile? Uh, if we're still kicking around at that point, that at some point there's going to be a a biopic on Tom Cruise. Somebody's going to play Tom Cruise. Oh, and guaranteed. We're, and we're mm-hmm. gonna and we're gonna get the wild Scientology ride in like fifty years. Guaranteed. Time. I mm-hmm. think that's going to be. Pretty fucking fantastic. I think it's only a matter of time before we actually see like a, a Scientology movie, like about how crazy Scientology is. That already like, exists. Several you know. forms oh, of it. Leia Romini's been going straight hard at them. Like she is, she's on a crusade against Scientology. There yeah, is, but I mean, like a like an actual big movie that oh, like come a movie, and, not just a documentary, but like yeah, a movie, no, movie. no, not those. I know there's tons of documentaries, yeah, yeah. but I mean, like a Hollywood movie kind of getting into Scientology and how crazy it is and shit like that. But yeah, we'll it's uh, Scientology be crazy. Um, last one on the list here. Danny McBride is being crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Woo. I guess uh, congratulations to Danny McBride for being relevant and getting, uh, getting a role that people recognize. Yeah. Crocodile Dundee. Now that's a knife. And uh, there we go. That's pretty much probably all he had to say. To secure the role as Crocodile Dundee. I'm sure it'll be... even got the koala on the shoulder on the promo pick. I'm sure it's going to be a billion dollar movie. And uh, it's going to make everyone very happy and very wealthy. Um, speaking of billion dollar movies, The Rock somehow managed to make Jumanji a billion dollar movie. Can we just like slow clap for Dwayne The Rock fucking Johnson turning a sequel to a Robin Williams classic into a one plus billion dollar extravaganza? I'm pretty sure Dwayne The Rock that. Johnson sitting in a chair in front of a fireplace for 30 minutes would be a billion dollar movie. I'm thinking the same. I watched it uh, a few nights ago with Kayla. I think it was like three nights ago. 
We went and saw it. Theater was still half packed. Um, good time. It's good. I liked I it. Just yeah, I I, I liked I just, it. It wasn't like, like groundbreaking, uh, but it was like a it was a good time. I just. Um, it's made yeah. more money than what everything but like one Sony picture or something. Like what was it that it hasn't topped yet? Like there's so one of the superhero movies I think it was that hasn't but it's it's already bested the Spider-Man flicks. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a family movie. It's Jumanji, it's family, it's The Rock, it's Kevin Hart, Jack Black. I mean, it's uh it's got a lot a of familiar dollar jumanji movie i mean i i'm not saying it's bad i'm not saying it's bad or anything i just never in my no matter how good it is and i i will eventually watch it and i'll probably fucking love it because i like the rock i like jack black i'll, I'll get over the fact kevin hart's in it it's it's more about the fact that i in a million years if you said to me will there ever be a jumanji movie that makes over a billion dollars in the box office I I would look at you sideways. I wouldn't know how to take the question. But here we are. The year is 2018 and we have we have witnessed it on the back <laughs> of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He dude he even low key burned somebody on Twitter for fucking up like the, the Jumanji rules or some shit. Do you see that? No. Oh, it's freaking hilarious. The Rock's gotten kind of savage on Twitter. Later on like earlier today he was burning somebody for who was trying to burn the Rock for getting two wrestling moves mixed up. I was, and he's just getting kind of savage on Twitter. I don't know why, but he's just he's he's starting to get sassier. Might I like be it. the character he's in right now. I like it. What Might does he do? Is he, what's coming for? Um, I know he just finished filming Rampage. I think he's in the middle of filming Ballers right now, like another season of Ballers. Oh, another season of that. I haven't watched a single episode of that. Have you? No. Apparently, it's not terrible. No, and it's been going for a while. So yeah, it has to be. Has I to might be doing check it right. out someday. Maybe not, but we'll see. <laughs> I feel like you're not, Ballers you're is definitely like the Rock's version of Entourage or something. It is. It is. literally what it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right. Hit me up with a little uh, a little ditty for the tech support, Mr. Black. What do you got? Uh, ditty. A little, mm-hmm. like a, <laughs> sound <laughs> Come on. Mo, mo money, mo tech support. <laughs> I'll take it. That's take good. it. Just take it. That's good. <laughs> uh, Mr. Miyagi asks, what would the ultimate VR game or experience look like uh, to you? In detail, apparently. Uh, when I look down and there's a virtual woman given the knobby a slobby. We're already there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've made it. Mm. We've already made it. I just there's haven't like experienced some, that yet. Oh my god, there's some amazing gifts of like this trade like these trade shows in Japan where it's like a VR headset oh and like a whole suit thing that you put that. on that. and yeah. like the fucking like the it's got the pocket pussy just right where it needs to be and you got some like kind of like out of shape cut like a bag of milk neck beard Japanese guy like faking like he's grabbing some titties and I'm like where the fuck are we really at this point right now? Did we really yes. hit this point? Yes. Jeff's like, just like Adam, I got, I got something in my closet I don't want you to know about. <laughs> but oh, it's you guys, you guys see that? You guys see that new realistic uh, sex doll? <laughs> oh my god, the black Twitter for that is absolutely... Did you see the list of the black Twitter responses to the sex no, doll? No. Oh my god. But it's low-key oh, it's it's low getting girls salty. Like, I, I'm it's not, not even low-key. Jo- they are I'm salty not even, voted. I'm not even joking. 
I thought about going on eBay and trying to find one of them bitches. I'm not even joking. It would have been a nice side piece, dude. One of the one of the one of the tw- the black Twitter responses to that. One of the one of the girls was like, "These dolls ain't out there sucking dick or riding it." And then the response to the guy was, "Yeah, but neither are these bitches." So oh, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> You should definitely look up Black Twitter responds to that because it will make you laugh. There's like 30, 40 of them and they're absolutely freaking incredible. Black Twitter is basically just like people pull, I know it's going to, you know, let's get offended. Black people off of Twitter, like the responses to shit because it's, you know, it's definitely unique. <laughs> and just the yep. the general responses to things. And, and for this, it was all, it was absolutely beautiful. Some of the girls were like, I'd low key fuck that. What was the name of that doll anyway? I, I don't remember the name, the name of it. I just remember right seeing now. a picture of it and I was like, that's kind of fucked up, but I mean, shit. And it was like, it was almost, I think it was like an Asian. Yeah. Doll or, 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 or any, anything like this is a hundred percent. All of the technology is going to be coming out of Japan first and foremost. <laughs> and then everyone else will be doing subpar versions of whatever Japan comes up with. Because if there is a, sex-related thing that doesn't involve two actual human beings having to come together to make it happen. Japan, Japan knows about it. Japan knows about it, and they are on the forefront of that shit. Uh, fuck, I'm trying to search it, but I can't find it. it must be, is it a blow-up doll? No, hell no. No. It is, it is definitely not a blow-up doll. What is it, like a sex, uh... What I were they just, called, like, real, um... I don't know, you can probably just look up Japanese sex doll or something and see what's come come up recently. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to trying to find this damn thing. The ultimate adult experience. Oh, that's the VR thing. Uh, I don't know. Can't find it, boys. Sorry, I I tried. <laughs> Just can't find it. Oh, I, would, I need to I need to definitely find that that if I find that list. <sighs> I'm on so many porn sites right now that it's just my my history right now is going to look real bad. Oh, my God. Goodness, some of these look really real. <laughs> oh, no, dude, Japan is not fucking around. Like, they, we are, we are, like, we are 10, 15 years out from some seriously epic sex doll shit. Pretty sure Mr. Miyagi was not expecting this line of questioning. Probably not. <laughs> no. That's what okay. you get, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Enjoy. Um. All right, what's next? Uh oh! I didn't. Even, we didn't even get to respond. It was just you oh, okay. and VR sex. Okay, sorry, my bad. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I actually don't know. I, I think, I think, I think that um, there are bits and pieces of of once, you know, been really cool, like the the bridge simulator for Star Trek. I think eventually that uh, gets to a point where it would be pretty badass to have like a be a much better implementation of it. Um, and then I've said this uh, a few times before as well. I just want puzzle adventure games in VR because like turning knobs and doing all the puzzle shit in VR, um, be amazing is pretty fucking awesome. Right. Uh, like then you feel like you're actually solving the puzzle, like you're physically solving the puzzles, which is a big, you know, a big step up. So I think that's, you know, my two big usage scenarios and the, the entire genre. I want Riven in VR so damn bad. You don't even know. I'd buy VR just for that, but I think we're never going to see, never going to see it, or I'm going to be a very old man by the time it comes back around. What about yeah. you, Panic? 
Um, I obviously I'm going to say something like sword art, but I know that's not happening anytime soon. Mm. Um, realistically, one of the cool things I really want that's kind of out now, but not really well done is freaking like tabletop. Like to be able to do like a VR tabletop where you can like play different games with like the actual full things, you know, like a little bit more than like in like a mixed reality, augmented reality. Like, for example, if I wanted to play Battlefleet Gothic, the tabletop version with a friend, actually have like the 3D ships in front of us and be able to be like move them and do that, like the full interaction, you know, without having to necessarily be there or pull out a whole bunch of things. I think you can do a lot of cool stuff with like tabletop, like D&D mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I'd love to get like a robust build. Yeah, because there are a lot that. of people that play D&D that don't, that, you know, that are you can't spread be, out, like, right? You over, can't yeah. be in a single location. So to be able to have It would be cool. It, it would give the thing some life too. Like, you know, if yeah. you're playing yeah. something and you like, you summon a dragon or whatever, it can actually like kind of be on the piece and kind of and have I, animation. Can and, I also I toss out Yu-Gi-Oh? Star Trek? Ooh. Yeah, Card I, games? Yeah, like I went into the like, the whole Star Trek VR thing. One of the coolest things about it wasn't that you were doing Star Trek. It's that very seamlessly, it was intuitive to interact with the other people online, people you might not have ever met because they have an avatar. When they wave their hand, their hand waves, and you're like there. If you do something like D&D or a card game where you have like the actual person avatar sitting in the chairs and you can do the interaction and you can talk, it makes it a lot more, I don't know, it's a lot more natural to interact with even though you know you're in a virtual environment which I thought was pretty awesome. No, mm-hmm. I think I think VR, maybe not VR but art, but augmented reality card games where you when yeah, you yeah. scan a card in and it um, shows up in the in the arena like you could have a place set up in your room that looks like a fucking little battle arena and then in AR it just adds, you know, you're just seeing it show up building, in the arena. Uh, this guy's building one for Magic. Um, oh really? On HoloLens. It's it plays like the card game, but he's been messing around with like when you play a land like the uh the actual oh, the board like, changes place, the play space will change a little bit oh that would be dope that'd but be still dope got, like cards and everything but you know yep definitely pretty cool definitely all right next question what do we got uh um Black Jimmy asks, if you were on death row, what would your last meal be but I think we we said this one before I think we have all we can blast through it quick long, before another question long, yeah. Yeah. Just blast through quick. Um, mine would just mine would just be steak and lobster, in a quiche, something simple. Mm, I'm a I'm a, a hamburger, mum's potato salad, jelly salad, and a a um, a beer of some kind. I just don't know which. Be it'd be like a Keith's or an innocent gun or something like that. Uh, probably some big ass burger, mashed potatoes, regular potatoes, other kind of potato dishes. Many and- versions of potatoes. <laughs> Yes, with a burger. <laughs> as many as many potatoes as we could possibly fit on the plate. I wonder if anyone's just been like, "What do you like for your last meal?" Arsenic. Oof. <laughs> just no. Uh, I would like I would like uh, five hundred mil of mercury, please. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that. Um. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That was uh, that's a that's a quickie. What's what do we get for the next one here? Mm. Uh, video games have taught me some profound lessons about myself. That's from Travis Vorell. Um, mm. Video games have taught me some profound lessons about myself. Trying to lead guilds and raids and WoW taught me I'm a shit leader. <laughs> what life lessons have you learned about yourselves through games? 
Hmm. I think the one for me is is just um, probably when I when I reach my goal to hit grandmasters and just kind of sticking to something and through repetition and not listening exactly to what other people have to say um, in terms of like how to play and just kind of finding my own way uh, through trial and error and grind and persistence. Um, you know, that I think you can use that sort of lesson. I'm not sure it was really a life lesson, but it definitely did, uh, mold sort of the way that I think when it at least comes to video games and, and trying to achieve something. So like, you know, if I wanted to play hots and I'm like, I'm going to hit grandmaster in hots and I really mean it. There is no doubt in my mind that I can get there. It might take me a year, two years, three years, whatever, but there's no doubt in my mind that I couldn't get there just from just from grinding it. So it's probably like the best lesson I've learned is is just uh just grind until until you do it. And you can kind of do that with anything in life, really. If you work hard enough at it, you can achieve something as long as it's realistic. You know, if you're realistic, it would be about a it. back to the future mentality. If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. That's, that's right. Um, I'm gonna say. It's not a life lesson, but something that, like I learned about myself when playing games is that, uh, is that I'm. It's really easy for me to look over details, miss details, like super easy. Like if I'm playing puzzle games and stuff, something could be staring at me right in the face, and I am real damn good at looking completely past it. Um, and then what that inevitably ended up what I inevitably ended up figuring out about myself beyond that was that as a problem solver, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big picture reverse engineer. So if I'm going to learn how to do something, the best way for you to teach me how to do something is to show me the completed whatever, and then let me reverse engineer it and then teach me as I'm going backwards through the steps. If you go the other way, if you start I'm like from the complete opposite. Yeah. So, and that's, <laughs> and that's what, and that's, and so that's actually like a big problem in schools is that depending on the type of teacher that you are, some teachers will go out of their way to use multiple teaching styles because different students usually fall into one of two categories. They're either like me or like, or they're like you. And most teachers will, will teach how you learn, which is usually start from the beginning and show me from step one all the way up through to the end. And then I learn fastest by seeing the big picture and, and working backwards. And, um, the biggest example of this that I ended up seeing was when I was in high school, I had two different math teachers. The first math teacher I had failed me fucking miserably. And I actually went back to take math 12 again to raise my grade to get my scholarship for university because the first teacher was so bad at teaching me how to do math because she refused to do to, to even when I went to see her after class, like she was, it wasn't that she refused. She probably didn't know how to go backwards and to show me, you know, teach me that way. Then the next time I had a different teacher, he was way fucking better at it. And my grade went from like 65 to a 88 or something uh, between the two. And then when I went to university, I was super lucky because in every class that I took, all the profs were really good. If I went to them at being able to do that for me, uh, or some of them did it by default. It's super rare, but my stats prof actually did that. So 
when we had a class, he would, without even teaching us how to do anything, he'd just say, here's, here's, here's the problem. You have the equation list in front of you. Get, you know, talk with the people around you in little groups. And then in 10 minutes, uh, we're going to write the answers on the board. I don't care if you're wrong or not. Uh, and when you have an answer, come to me. And when you're done, you're going to go teach other people how to do it your way if they haven't solved it by the time we're done. And sometimes you'd be teaching other kids the wrong fucking method and it would be the wrong answer. But when he would go up and he would show you the right way at that point, you would remember better that that's not how you fucking do it. And then that's the right way. And, and the class did, uh, the class did really well. And thankfully for me, that was the case, but games taught me that when I was playing mist with dad and Rama, when I was younger, um, certain puzzles would be displayed that way. And I would solve them super quick. But if they were the opposite and they expected me to go from like the genesis of a problem up through, I was fucked. Take me forever. <laughs> Took me so long. And to this day, it's the same way. Like when I stream games, it's super frustrating because the majority are like you, Jeff. So in chat, they've already fucking solved the problem. And I'm like, ah, 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 ah. And I'm like, my brain's melting. I'm trying to fucking solve the problem. And chat's like, you're so fucking stupid. Just press the yellow button. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. And then like, there'll be other times where I just solve something. They're like, how the fuck do you get that? But not that. And that's kind of what it is. Uh, and games taught me that. And that's a super good thing to know about yourself. Because a lot of people do terribly in school because they don't know how they learn. Like they don't know what way they... They lean and they just rely on the teachers to do all that work for them. So yeah, that's my bit. Um, I'm going to go with, I have pretty good critical thinking skills, which I've learned from video games. Um, especially from like learning, like pretty much teaching myself as a little kid, you know, play Warcraft and those type of games. Mm. Um, that that's like my, my kind of thinking is like big picture strategy, not necessarily like the microwing of the units and stuff. But like looking at like a bigger board or a bigger picture and being like, these are ways to like, you know, run the chess, strategies. The chess yeah. player. The, the strategy <laughs> aspect of yeah. it. I'm just like, I'm good at that. I mm -hmm. like that. That's me. Mm -hmm. That's what I learned. All right. Well, uh, last one. Super quick here. Zero rival. Favorite colors. Mine's oh. blue. Red. Blue. Oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> See, we're already divided now. Now we're going to have to be against each other for the rest of time. I'm team red, you're team blue. No, I've always I've always I've always been I've I've li I like I love blue, but if I pick a color, it's 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 usually it's usually red. I wouldn't paint my bedroom red, but I'd paint it blue. <laughs> red is a bit of an aggressive color to have along your house. It's like you're just going to get pissed off every time, you know, you enter the room. Maybe that's what you want in your bedroom. Maybe you Maybe. want to be angry every time you go to bed. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. We're going to go upstairs and Oxy has painted your room red. Just, yeah, just some deep shade of red. <laughs> it's like, what now, Adam? What now? <laughs> it's true. I had, a, uh, I had a relative whose bathroom was painted red. And, like, you just take angry shits in that bathroom. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> You just go to the bathroom, Man. you're like, ah, just screaming Why at yourself. Why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? I'm, I'm friggin' taking shits in twice the time, though. Just super, super, half the time, I should say, just super I'm gonna, quick. I'm going to add this one. I'm going to add this one amendment to Zero Rivals question. Okay. What color would you paint your bathrooms, boys? Oh, um. It's got to be a neutral color, like gray, white, uh, something, no colors. No, like, or like, I guess gray is a color, but it's got to be. 
mutual or neutral. Yeah. I don't know I, I'm, I'm like, I would agree. I'm really, I'm really like, I'm really boring though. I want pretty much every room in my house to be white or, or, or a neutral shade that, you know, is along those lines. I don't like super, I'm not the person that likes super bright colors on my walls or mm. even color in general on my walls. Uh, I'm on the same with my bed sheets. I just want white sheets. I don't want whatever fucking weird pattern sheets exist. I just want like hotel white uh, for, for bed sheets. Like I, I'm, I'm boring that way. And it's usually because I just think the the room looks bigger when you use light colors like that. Your room just looks bigger. You start painting it dark. Jeff would know this. I had the bedroom at my parents' place. I painted it. I painted it. What was technically a blue, but for most people in the world, it was black. Um, it was called abyss. I'm not even joking. The fucking nut, the name of the color was abyss. You chose the color abyss for your and when, room. And when, well, see, here's the thing. Mom and dad were crazy enough to let me paint the room. Okay. And when I my picked that, let me paint the room when I moved back home, when I picked the paint chip out, what my parents didn't tell me was that what you need to be aware of is that the shade that actually ends up on the walls tends to be two chips darker than whatever you pick off of that shelf. Ah. So when I picked abyss, we went from black to to like the Marianas Trench. The shit was dark. And that room is pretty big. It's like 13 by 13 square, but it ended up looking like you were in a fucking jail cell. It's tiny because it's so dark. The trick I've learned is if you're going to color a room with a color, you pick like a light accent color, like a neutral gray or like a really light beige for the three walls. And then you pick the one wall. An accent wall panic? Yes. That shit works. <laughs> I'd rather use Shit wallpaper works. for an accent wall than than uh, than painted. Sucks, <laughs> dude. Wallpaper's making a comeback, bro. It's fucked up. We're that all gonna we're everything. all gonna have paisley all over our walls all over again. We're gonna hate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the Technolf podcast for this week. Time to head on over to the end screen. Give some shout outs to the Patreon producers. I think this list has changed up a little bit, but I didn't change it. So guess what? You're all getting a little extra shine if you aren't on this list technically. Maybe you all are. We don't know. We're professional around here at Technical Alpha. Jetrix, I'm going to say probably still there. If not, it doesn't matter because he's already basically paid for the house I don't own yet. So shout out to Jetrix at the $500 mark. Postal Panda and Chico at the $250. Fry C, Derek P, Naley, Adam B, Jamaican J, Jorbach, Totosteel, Matthew Am hanging out at the $100, not messing around. Bless each and every one of you guys. You're amazing. We love you a great deal, and not just because you give us money, uh, but you're here a lot of the time watching and listening and uh, and supporting us the best ways you can. We will see you guys next week. Same time as always. Look forward to it. And, uh, and so until we do see you guys next week, do us a favor, have a good one, and uh, peace. Bye.